Hey boys, it's been another fun day and I hope that you guys are in bed, ready for bed, because here's the story. Grasshopper weather. Now plums were ripening in the wild plum thickets all along Plum Creek. Plum trees were low trees. They grew close together with many little scraggly branches all strung with thin-skinned juicy plums. Around them, the air was sweet and sleepy, and wings hummed. Pa was plowing all the land across the creek where he had cut the hay. Early before the sun came up, when Laura went to drive Spot to meet the cattle at the gray boulder, Pete and Bright were gone from the stable. Pa had yoked them to the plow and gone to work. When Laura and Mary had washed the breakfast dishes, they took tin pails and went to pick plums. From the top of their house, they could see Pa plowing. The oxen and the plow and Pa crawled along slowly, a curve of the prairie. They looked very small, and a little smoke of dust blew away from the plow. Every day, the velvety brown dark patch of plowed land grew bigger. It ate up the silvery gold stubble of the field beyond the haystacks. It spread over the prairie waves. It was going to be a very big wheat field, and when when some day Pa cut the wheat, he and Ma and Laura and Mary would have everything they could think of. They would have a house and horses and candy every day when Pa made a wheat crop. Laura went wading through the tall grasses to the plum thickets by the creek. Her sunbonnet hung down down her back and her and she swung her tin pail. The grasses were crisping yellow now, and dozens of little grasshoppers jumped, crackling away from Laura's swishing feet. Mary came walking behind in the path Laura made, and she kept her sunbonnet on. When they came to the plum thicket, they sat down their pails. They filled their little pails with plums and emptied them into big pails till they were full. Then they carried the big pails back to the roof of the dugout. On the cream clean grass, Ma spread clean cloths, and Laura and Mary laid the plums on the cloths to dry them in the sun. Next winter they would have dried plums to eat. The shade of the plum thicket was a thin shade. Sunshine flickered between the narrow leaves overhead. The little branches sagged with the weight of their plums, and plums had fallen and rolled together between the drifts of the long grass underfoot. Some were mashed, and some were smooth and perfect, and some had cracked open, showing the juicy yellow inside. Bees and hornets stood thick along the cracks, sucking up the juices with their might. Their scaly tails waggled with joy. They were too busy and too happy to sting. When Laura poked them with a blade of grass, they only moved a step and did not stop sucking up the good plum juice. Laura put all the good plums in her pail, but she flicked the hornets off the cracked plums with her fingernail and quickly plopped the plum into her mouth. It was sweet and warm and juicy. The hornets buzzed around her in dismay. They did not know what had become of their plum, but in a minute they pushed into the crowd sucking at another one. 
I declare you eat more plums than you pick, said Mary. I don't either. I don't either any such thing, Laura contradicted. I pick up every plum I eat. You know very well what I mean, Mary said crossly. You just play around while I work. But Laura filled her big pail as quickly as Mary filled hers. Mary was cross because she would rather sew and read than pick plums. But Laura hated to sit still, and she liked picking plums. She liked to shake the trees. You must know exactly how to shake a plum tree. If you shake it too hard, the green plums fall, and that wastes them. If you shake it too softly, you do not get all the ripe plums. In the night, they will fall, and some will mash and be wasted. Laura learned exactly how to shake a plum tree. She held its scaly rough bore. She held its scaly rough bowl and shook it one quick, gentle shake. Every plum swinging on its stem, and all along they fell pattering. Then one more jerk while the plums were swinging, and the last ripe ones fell. Plump, 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 plump. There were many kinds of plums. When the red ones were all picked, the yellow ones were ripe, and then the blue ones. The largest of all were the very last. They were the frost plums, and they would not ripen until after frost. One morning, the whole world. One morning, the whole world was delicately slivered. Every blade of grass was silvery, and the path. Had a thin sheen. It was hot like fire under Laura's bare feet, and they left footprints in it. The air was cold in her nose, and she breathed steam. So did spots. When the sun came up, the whole world, or the whole prairie, sparkled. Millions of tiny, tiny sparks of colored blazed on the grasses. That day, the frost plums were ripe. They were large purple plums, and all over their purple was silvery thin sheen like frost. The sun was not so hot now, and the nights were chilly. The prairie was almost a tawny color of haystacks. The smell of the air was different, and the sky was not so sharply blue. Still, the sunshine was warm at noon, and there was no rain and no more frosts. It was almost Thanksgiving time, and there was no snow. I don't know what to make of it, Pa said. I never saw weather like this. Nelson says old timers call it grasshopper weather. Whatever do they mean by that? Ma asked him. Pa shook his head. You can't prove it by me. Grasshopper weather was what Nelson said. I couldn't make out what he meant by it. Likely, it's some. Old Norwegian saying, Ma said. Laura liked the sound of the words when she ran through the crackling prairie and grasses and saw grasshoppers jumping, sang along to herself, Grasshopper weather, grasshopper weather. <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. I love you, boys. Good night.